Welcome to the latest instalment of the Powers Court Friday Fix. I'm Rob Greening, a partner at Powers Court, and I'm delighted to be joined by Gronja Hurst, who is the Director of Corporate Affairs at Entain, the global sports betting, gaming and interactive entertainment business. Among many other responsibilities, Gronja has the task of spearheading Entain's response to the long-awaited Gambling Act review, the government's white paper for which is expected at any moment. Now, this might sound like a bit of a niche and industry-specific topic, but in fact it has the potential to have a huge impact on a sector that supports nearly 120,000 jobs in the UK, generates over £4.5 billion in tax for the Treasury, and plays a massive role in supporting some of our best-loved sports. Hello, Gronje. Thanks very much for joining. Hey, Rob. Pleasure. I'm also pleased that I wasn't described as a veteran, <laughs> as I've heard some of your previous podcasts as well. Surely not. You've got a long way to go. <laughs> So let's start with the basics. What exactly is the Gambling Act Review and what's the context to it all? So the Gambling Act Review stemmed from a commitment that the previous Conservative Party made to reconsider the existing Gambling Act to see if it's still fit for purpose in the digital age, obviously with the onset of online gambling over recent years. Um, Unfortunately, it has been a long time coming. So it was launched back in December 2020, and we are still waiting for the white paper, which is due imminently, but we have been told imminently for quite a few months. (laughs) All right. So what's Entain's position on the review and indeed on, on regulation in general? I mean, instinctively, you'd assume that greater legislation, government interference, red tape can only be a bad thing for Entain in your industry. But is that right? So, no, actually quite the opposite. So we have welcomed the review. We've been engaging throughout the process. We at Entain have said that we will only actually operate in regulated markets by the end of next year. And the reason for doing that is that sensible regulation, which is obviously evidence-based and proportionate, which we hope the Gambling Act will be, is good because it provides certainty for us as a business it also provides certainty for customers in player protection terms and also ensures that we're able to continue making our financial contribution to the uk plc okay now i'm not going to ask you to make any predictions and stick your neck out but based on some of the press coverage and the current mood music from the government when they're not busy doing other things what kinds of things are you expecting from the review So, million dollar question. Um, (laughs) I think that most people probably know the same as me if you read the Sunday papers recently, where it seems to have either been leaked or briefed um, to several of those outlets. Uh, Obviously, the devil's in the detail, so we don't really know yet. Um, But a few of the principles that we're expecting to be covered include a reduction in staking limits online and the introduction of affordability thresholds in some format probably a ban on football shirts, uh, betting firms being on the front of football shirts, and possibly a mandatory levy for research, education and treatment. Now, obviously, the details of what they look like could range from the benign to the bonkers. (laughs) And obviously, we're hoping that the government take an evidence-led approach to the review um, for all of the reasons that I outlined earlier. Got it. Okay. Now, one of the things people in your industry sometimes say is that the pitfalls of getting this wrong is that it could push punters towards the black market, towards unlicensed gambling mm. platforms if, if regulated operators like you are clamped down on too severely. Is that really a risk? Do they, do they actually exist in, 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 in the gambling world? Yeah, so it's a huge risk for our customers. We know from a PwC report that was commissioned last year that there are half a million customers playing in the black market 
they're spending over three billion pounds in the black market where there is no protection no interaction no intervention on any shape or form um, we've also seen actually from other countries where you have very strong restrictions on products like in norway the black market has rocketed to 66 percent which is bad for everybody involved yeah um, and we actually asked our customers what they think of this when it comes to regulation and the black market. And really worryingly, one in three actually told us that they would go to the black market if there were low stake limits or low affordability thresholds, which obviously nobody wants. Yeah. Now, one, one of the things you touched on earlier um, was, and it's been much under discussion, is, is gambling, advertising and sponsorship, especially in football, mm. where it's hard to argue, I think, that it, that it isn't now pretty ubiquitous these days. What's your position on that front? Have things gone too far? So we actually took a position a couple of years ago accepting that things had gone too far when it comes to betting firms on football shirts. Um, there were lots of noise and concern, I would say, from parents and stakeholders that were going to watch their local club on a Saturday or Sunday and seeing betting firms all over the shirts of football clubs. So we voluntarily ended that. So you don't see any of our brands on football shirts in the UK. Um, we would obviously like that to be replicated um, by other firms as part of the Gambling Act review um, because we think that that is the right thing to do. Now, looking beyond the review, companies like Entain are getting into all sorts of interesting new areas of interactive entertainment in the, in the metaverse. The use of virtual reality, for example, has some pretty mind-boggling implications for sports gambling. But what does all that innovation mean for player protection risks? Will, will we need another review in a few years' time just to keep up with the pace of all that technological change? So I sincerely hope not, uh, for everybody's <laughs> sake. Uh, I think a better way to approach it is um, to use technology-driven player protection tools across all of our brands and products, including new virtuals, to make sure that customers are protected no matter what brand they want to play with or what product they interact with. And one of the ways in which we've been trialling that is through our Advanced Responsibility and Care System, or ARC as we call it for short. Um, it's pioneering, it's industry leading, and what it does is it takes a technology-driven approach to player protection. So we've worked with academics from Harvard, we've worked with former gambling addicts from Epic Risk Management. We use our AI and our behavioral science to look for the sorts of patterns of play in customers that might lead to risky play. And then when we see that or spot it, we interact with them and we can actually either nudge the customer to change their own play, or if they decide not to, we can actually do that for them by removing particular features or products on our site. And we think that that individualised approach is far better than any draconian blanket regulatory measures that might be coming down the track. Very good. That's a nice, neat note on which to finish. Gronia, thanks very much for talking to us. Pleasure. Thank you.